Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we are going to be discussing brands and their diffusion lines. So this is a Patreon member produced episode, and we love that. This is so fun. Yeah, sit tight, friends. We have a lot of information to share with you. All right. We'll see you at the table. This is going to be an information overload episode. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. And I feel like we're going to have to cut it off at some point there. This is like a discussion that could continue for days on end. We'll see how long this goes. We can scratch the surface. Yeah, maybe we'll do like a two-parter like we did um, last time too. Maybe we'll split this episode up. We'll see how it goes. There's just so much to unpack here. This is a really great topic and it made Lori and I sit back and like actually research and see, you know, what diffusion lines are out there. We learned some new things when we were researching about diffusion lines and uh, we figured we'd start the episode off with a definition of what a diffusion line is. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Yeah, we definitely had to do some homework for this. Daniela, I hear my teapot whistling. So you you go get your tea. I'll be back with tea. (laughs) You inspired me. (laughs) So a diffusion line. It is a secondary line by a well-known designer. So sometimes these diffusion lines are things that you might see in outlets. Sometimes these diffusion lines are um, like subdivisions of brands. Sometimes they're sold in department stores. It really varies. Um, But some examples of diffusion lines would be D&G by Dolce & Gabbana, which is a very popular early 2000s type of line, but it very soon disappeared Um, in 2011. It was kind of like a one-hit wonder when it comes to Dolce & Gabbana. I don't think they, as far as I know, you can find D&G still circulating out there, but the resale and stuff, it's really not there. Like, Dolce & Gabbana. Um, Another example would be Prada, which has the line Mew Mew, or it once had the line Mew Mew. Well, that has now since branched off, and that's now a sister company um, instead of a diffusion line. So sometimes that can happen. You'll have two two diffusion lines, which will then separate and be sister companies, or you'll have a diffusion line that might fizzle and then merge back into what the main uh, brand is. Um, Marc Jacobs is another example. Marc by Marc Jacobs actually is not a thing they create anymore. It's just Marc Jacobs. And that's as of 2015. So that's fairly recent. Uh, Next up is diffusion lines can fizzle. And it's typically for two reasons, which this was interesting when I was researching, I found this out. Fast fashion is actually one of the major reasons why diffusion lines tend to disappear because these fast fashion brands like Zara, H&M, ASOS, right? They see what's happening on the runway with these luxury designers six to eight months in advance because everything is online. Everything is streamed online. Yes. So, (laughs) I mean, we watch them, right? So their designers are obviously watching what's happening on the runway and they're mimicking these styles. So now it becomes more difficult for these diffusion lines to keep up with an H&M or Zara, which is going to give them the same style at a much lesser price because their fusion lines are still expensive. They're not necessarily quote unquote cheaper. It depends. Right. On because you, you're not going to have a luxury brand that waters down their line so much so that it becomes Zara prices Correct. or yeah, or H&M prices. So that is a way that you know, it gets watered down really quickly. And, and I even think it it's probably happening at a faster pace in 2021 than it did even in like 1980, 1990, because things are are being produced so much faster and fast fashion is, you know, lives up to its name. And, you know, it's interesting because sometimes I forget that Zara, H&M are fast fashion. Like I think of them as mall brands, but then when you really sit down and think about it, I mean, it is fast fashion. They are mimicking fastest fashion. I mean, the amount of stuff that they pump out is insanity. I know. I know. Um, And then the last part of this is um, the second piece of why diffusion lines kind of 
Fizzle is certain designers um, are now in department stores and easily accessible like Michael Kors, Tory Burch, Vince, French Connection. These are things you can find at TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Mm -hmm. So um, for these reasons, you'll start to notice other diffusion lines kind of disappear. Sometimes when you see them at Nordstrom Rack, it's kind of like they're more accessible to people. So there's really no reason to go above and try to hit that diffusion line of a luxury brand when you can just get the same thing at your local department store. So it's really fascinating when you when you sit down and think about it. It is, but I, but I think one of the interesting things about a diffusion line is I think the average person doesn't really know. I agree. The levels and the tiers. And so they might be just as proud to wear Chaps Ralph Lauren because I've heard like my, you know, mom and aunts yep. be like, Ooh, I have chaps, Ralph Lauren, you know what I mean? Like, and, and they, it's, they think it's a special thing and because it's got Ralph Lauren on there and, and, you know, as we'll get into a little bit later, it, it's about a 20 layers deep before you get chaps <laughs> is the bottom of the line. I know it really is, but I think it's because we're resellers that we understand it on this level, because when I wasn't reselling, it was a big deal to have Calvin Klein, right? Like that, like I went to the mall and I bought a mm -hmm. Calvin Klein blazer that cost me $150, you know, like that. And it doesn't mean that they're not nice. It's no, just, but it's just it's, interesting. And it's that, I guess it's that level of pride. Like if you're wearing a label and you know, you don't, and I've, I've been guilty of this. Like I would say in my younger days, like I didn't care if I got coach from the outlet. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a time where coach outlet wasn't its own line. It was stuff right. that didn't sell in the department store. So it was that level quality mm -hmm. at the outlet. There were many years that I would shop the outlet and it was, it was, you know, real coach mm -hmm. before they came. I, I don't know when, and then I remember when they were, when I would be shopping and I remember shopping a sale and I was in the back of the store and one of the associates said like, this whole section is from the real coach store. These yes. aren't, out, they're not specific. So I don't know if they still do that. They still they do do it because a yeah. wallet that I bought last year is, a, it came from that wall. Like you're saying, it was in the outlet in, uh, in Rentham yep. and it was from the store in New York, their flagship store that they have in New York city. And okay. they have like, they're just one piece of each style. And um, it's like a one of a kind thing that the outlet usually doesn't have. So um, my guess is for it to end up in the outlet, they must have so much of it. They probably overproduced. So sure. now they're in the outlet to try to move the inventory, but you can, you can still score at the coach outlet. Listen, I have no shame in my coach game. I love coaches leather, like. Love yeah, that. their leather is beautiful. I was guilty of when we went to Italy and we took the bus to the outlets to Tuscany oh, and yeah. went to the, um, to the Gucci outlet. And mm -hmm. it was like when the Gucci belts were really big and yeah. my Angie was on the fence, she ended up not getting one. But, um, when we were there, I was really torn because there were some store, there were some Gucci pieces that were just so unpractical, but so gorgeous. And I walked into the store with my daughter. I said, do not let me leave with anything. That's like a giant tote that weighs a thousand pounds. That is some crazy color. I'm like, I want a small like camera bag, yep. practical. And I, and I wanted red. I had this thing I wanted, but like in hindsight, and I ended up getting like this envelope leather clutch with like the bamboo tassel, but oh, yeah, both yeah. of the pieces I got were outlet pieces in hindsight. I didn't realize it in the moment. And now I look back and I'm like, I wish I had gotten chunkier hardware. I wish I had like gotten something with the red and green stripe, like classic yeah. Gucci. And I didn't, um, I was going, I see that I was going quantity over quality and I got like, I got a scarf and two bags and I should have just gone for something really special, but yeah. I didn't. That's I mean, I love what I got, but they're not like anything that's like, you know, timeless. Yeah. And that's definitely something that um, you'll notice when we're going through this list. Some of these brands are, they have outlet specific items or they have an actual line that's just for the outlet um, or they'll have like different tags. So I guess we'll just get into. Yeah, let's get into list. it. And I'm not just for the record, I'm not at all anti-outlet. I think it's nice oh, that yeah, people of all different uh, economic ranges mm -hmm can have a piece of, of a brand that they love, you know, and I'm all for buying last season or the last two seasons oh God. handbag. I could care less <laughs> what season it's from. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since we're talking about Italy, the first one we're going to talk about is Michael Kors and Michael Kors. Now I'm not an expert by any means, but there is one 
type of Michael Kors piece that you should always be on the lookout for. And that is made in Italy. That mm -hmm. Michael Kors is the top of the line. That is the one that I'm assuming, I believe it's the runway one. I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure the made in Italy one is a majority of what you see on the runway. And that's, if you're a real, real person, that's the only Michael Kors that they generally accept is the one from Italy. Um, I like it. I think their pieces are usually really nice. They're usually silk, linen, like they're just the, the mm. quality of the material is really nice. The pieces are very sophisticated. They're very business formal. That's typically what you find when it comes to Michael Kors made in Italy. But then you have Michael by Michael Kors, which has a very large following. And I know a lot of resellers kind of poo-poo on it sometimes um, because it can be difficult to move depending on the piece. But um, I think the biggest indicator with there's something new that I learned with Michael Michael Kors. There's two different versions. If you're looking at handbags, if it has MK in the interior of the bag, like MK all over the interior of the bag, that's the outlet where yeah. Michael by Michael Kors in the interior of a handbag is from the department store. Because as we all know, Michael Kors is in, I think all department stores, but Macy's exclusively, I think that's where they have the most of their stuff is Macy's, yeah. but you can find them. I would assume at other department stores as well. Like, does yeah, I feel like I see Bloomingdale's have them. I'm Probably sure. like, you know, Lord and Taylor, Bloomingdale's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would assume. I would guess, but I know that they had like a special deal when they first went into department stores with just Macy's, but I think they've expanded since then. Um, you'll find it at TJ Maxx. You'll kind of find it everywhere. Michael Kors owns Versace, for those who don't know. Mm, I didn't know that. Yes, Michael Kors as a company mm -hmm. has expanded into other luxury brands. So they're not just, and you'll, if you want to do a deep dive someday on your own time and research what brands own, which you're like, what company owns, which brands you'd be fascinated because there's very minimal brands out there that, you know, are independent. Or solo. Mm -hmm. It's, there's not many, but anyway, I digress. I have um, one piece of from of Michael Kors uh, that now that you mention it, I should probably send it to the real real because I've been I've been holding on to my price because I think it's such a cool piece. It's mm. a and it's probably vintage. It's a mini skirt. I believe it's linen and it has two front pockets that are trimmed in leather, mm. but they're clear. They like have plastic pockets oh. in the front and then they're leather trimmed. And it's just such a cool piece. Yeah. And it's had a a gajillion likes. I should probably relist it or something, but I think I'll send it to the real real and see because I think I have it listed for $49, something like that. And I just don't want to sell it for 20 bucks because it's so nice and different. So that's what I mean, it might be real. worth sending in and see where it goes. I will say I have not come across Michael Kors made in Italy often. Like I've maybe found it three or four times in the last two and a half, almost three years. I haven't yeah. found it that often. Um, but it is usually when I find it, it's a really pretty piece. <laughs> yeah. So that's really interesting. And so would you say that the department store, Michael Kors, Michael, Michael Kors is like a higher level than the MK yeah. on the inside. Okay, yeah. So. And I think in terms of resale too, like specifically speaking about handbags more so than anything, um, the Michael by Michael Kors handbags generally have a higher resale value than the MK on the interior of the handbag. Okay. Um, and I, I think it's a lot of it goes with the leather that they use, the design. I mean, it is, there are little differences when it comes to that. I think the designs of the Michael by Michael Kors bags mimic more so the actual Michael Kors brand and then the MK version mimics the Michael Michael Kors like it's kind of like a gotcha. what would you call yeah. that the hierarchy yeah the whole idea of the diffusion mm -hmm. yeah so two brands that we wanted to mention um they're not really designer brands at all but Daniela and I thought it would be helpful to talk about things that we're going to see at the thrift store and not just like you know high-end stuff necessarily yes. well I mean so far already we're already talking about you know, Michael Kors is both. Mm -hmm. Next up, J. Yeah. Crew, Banana Republic, not designer by no. any stretch, but we just wanted to point out, which I think is pretty common knowledge mm -hmm. in the um, reseller community. But for any anybody who's new, they also own the Gap. Yep. Um, Athleta. Athleta. Athleta as and well. Isn't there another one too? Um, I feel like there's a there's another one in there. They own Title Nine. I don't know. No, I think Title Nine might have been standalone. Um, when you see the two dots or the two diamonds under the brand name, it just means that it's from the outlet yeah. and that you'll see it uh, at the gap as well. And then like Brooks Brothers is different. Like Brooks Brothers yeah. is, is it 
376 or 346. I'm not a three, brother's girl. 46. It's a number that starts with three. Yeah. <laughs> the three digit number. Yeah. But I mean, we're such professionals on our we, podcast. We are. We're great it at this. It's all about, you know, in depth <laughs> information. It's a three something number. This, there's a three in there and you'll remember it and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's interesting too to note that you know, we were talking about Michael Kors and stuff and all these designers and luxury brands that might have diffusion lines, but now we see mall brands have their own version of diffusion line. Yes, true. it's outlet, but outlet is a diffusion of the actual brand. True. That's true. So it's just so. not luxury, but it's still a diffusion. Yep. And would you say now I've noticed in the Dropbox on Poshmark that it, it has a spot for outlet. Oh, uh, it does. It, yeah. I'm pretty sure when it comes to J crew, look it up. I'm going to look right now. Let's um, see. So I, because, and I say that because I feel like sometimes I don't always put outlet, even if it has the dots. Okay. So let's talk about that because I do that sometimes for Michael Kors. Oh, J crew, J crew factory. Oh, factory. It says factory. Okay. So what if I type in gap, gap, gap factory, that's gotta be new. Um, I don't don't remember seeing I don't know when I noticed it, but, um, as I, you know, when I do my listing, sometimes I am torn in a Republic, but in a Republic factory. Yeah. So I always struggle with this too, because I feel like, and I, so I try to think like a buyer, when a buyer is looking for a, let's use Michael Kors, for example, if they're looking for a Michael Kors handbag, are they typing in Michael by Michael Kors or are they typing in Michael Kors? This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I mean, if I'm Google searching something, I would probably just write Michael Kors because I wouldn't right. write his name twice. So here is where I struggle as a reseller. Do I just select Michael Kors as the brand, even though it's technically a lie, but then have Michael by Michael Kors in my title? You could do that. That's just typically what I do. That's for SEO because you're going to get more people who, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's inverse somewhere you're saying that. And I mean, in most cases, it says it right on the label. If you take right. a picture of your label, it's going to say Michael, Michael Kors. Yeah. And sometimes I'll do the inverse. I'll just put Michael Kors in the title, but then I'll select Michael, Michael Kors. And I've never really noticed if it makes a difference. I've never really paid attention to it to see like I, it sells and I just kind of go with it. I never really put much thought into it, but that is something I think about often. Oh, well, if it's factory, do I put factory? I mean, sometimes the piece is a really great piece, even if it's from the factory. And mm-hmm. I don't want to put people off by saying it's factory, but I mean, it's, it's in fact from the right. factory. So, I mean, if we're being honest, then we should probably indicate, but it's we all, should, I guess. as long as you write it somewhere, I think, I think it's, it's fine. As long as you have it somewhere. Agreed. All right. This is Lori's specialty. Now we're going into free people. Oh God! It is Lori. Don't make that face. The second you say it, I'm like, I don't know. I sell a lot of Lori it, but- knows her free people because Lori wears a lot of free people. I don't, I have some free people pieces, but it's not like, it's not my favorite brand for myself to wear. Um, but yeah. I did, I did make the list. I made the initial list of the different lines that free people have. You did right? well. You did right? well. I, I didn't know if I got them all, but I clearly missed one free people movement. The only ones you missed were free people movement and new romantics, which I don't even know. If I don't they- even know what new romantics is. The only reason I knew about New Romantics is because I happened to buy one of the pieces like years before I was a reseller. And it was one of those oh. items that kept making the cut every time I would go through my closet. And mm-hmm. then I finally sold it. And um, and it was it was New Romantics. But I looked up what it was because I'm like, well, what is it that makes this line different? So yeah. here we go. From some website on the internet. Yeah, right. Oysterous pattern play of this dress brings the fun back to fashion while still being pretty and sweet. The delicate romantic and texture heavy new romantics collection was inspired by the dream worthy beach views and magically hidden coves of Sardinia, Italy. Oh, well then. So it's very flowy. Yes. Uh, floral or no romantic. Floral? Um, my piece was black lace. It was like a black lace top okay. that had like lots of like... Um, you know, flowy arms, but then it had like a bow that you could tie on the arms, like a little, yeah. Got it. You don't see it very often, 
But if you happen to see New Romantics, it is. Does it say free, free people on it too, or does it just say New Romantics? Um, it's a very good question. I don't own it anymore. I don't remember. Mm. It was like a lace tag. Hmm. Oh, I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, you may have. White lace tag? Mm, no, I think this was black as was black lace and it was kind yeah. of sheer. So, huh. but that's probably the one you're going to see the absolute least. Um, okay. Intimately free people is their like lounge undergarment sort mm-hmm. of line. A lot, a lot of bralettes. Yeah. Um, boy shorts. Also like comfy clothes. Line. Hmm? Comfy clothes. Like I have a jumpsuit that's intimately free people, but Okay, I will. It's I not have always clothes that you just wear in the house and wear to bed. Like it's <laughs> not just lingerie, like, like not lingerie, right. it's not just loungewear. Right, you're right. Sometimes it's just- But I have a question because why, this is a legitimate question that I have with free people. Why is it when I look up certain things, it's the tag says intimately free people, but then when I look on the website and I'm Google, Google searching it, it's free people. Do they not distinguish it? on the website? I don't, yeah, I don't see when I think of a diffusion line, I think of a hierarchy, like top to bottom, what is the most luxurious and what is your, you know, most economic. I don't look at this. I mean, we, the free, I would say is the lower end. It is like the baggy t-shirt. It's just basic. So, I mean, I guess in that respect, um, free people beach is just different. You know, it's, kind of comfy I feel like the only free people beach I find is is that cowl neck cocoon top I've sold it three or four times it was just I I just sold it again it was in my it was in my hall and it sold again I think I've sold it three or four times I think I Um, sold um like a swimsuit cover-up once a free people beach yeah I threw one on today and then I looked at in the mirror I'm like no this doesn't look good but it's super wide and it's like a very deep v-neck it look it's probably meant to be a cover-up yeah. but it's like tunicky on me yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I love about free people's I like longer pieces mm-hmm. longer flow they're pretty I mean they don't come out and say it but they're pretty size inclusive without even I think meaning to be size inclusive like they just everything's oversized so yeah, it's kind of a cool thing because you yeah. can be on the verge of plus size and wear it and be like oh no this is just a medium <laughs> Hey, you're talking about me. (laughs) That's what Lori and I say to each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, it's like buying size tens in Lululemon leggings when I'm not even close to a 10. I know. I love Um, my size 12s. They make me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so yeah, there's intimately free. There's we, the free we touched on. I would say from a resale standpoint, we, the free is like what you're probably going to make the least amount of money on. Agreed. A lot of basics. Agreed. You know, I pass, if I pass on anything, it's We the Free. Yeah, mostly. I pass on We the Free. I don't pick up every free people movement because it's either marked up or it's like, a free people movement is hit or miss. It really depends. Sometimes it, it sells what fast. What I love about free people movement is not many thrift stores know about it. So like, like when I go through the racks of leggings, I'll see a lot of like, you know, Under Armour mm, and Nike. Champion and marked up at savers like they're the 7.99 8.99 leggings and then I'll come across a free movement uh free people movement and they'll be like 349 you know how savers is like psychotic with their pricing and yeah. they're just there's just tell you know, me about it it just depends on the meds they took that morning whether or not it gets marked properly. I can't it's just <laughs> and you never know like some days you walk in you're like wow everything's three or four dollars and other days you're like Eighteen ninety nine is a new price. Okay, that's what we're it going is, with it's today. Just insane. It it really is. There is just I say I say this all the time. I think about this all the time. Uh, it was like my psych class from sophomore year in college, and they were talk. They talked about intermittent reinforcement versus mm-hmm. so like, you know, it was like the little mouse, and if every time he went out to his little feeding area there was cheese and he got it, then he never really worked really hard because he knew the cheese was right. always going to be there. And if he went out every time the cheese was yep. never there he lost his oomph because he wasn't being reinforced at all. But the intermittent reinforcement, when he Mm -hmm. didn't know if the cheese was going to be there, that little mouse came out all the time and worked really hard because he never knew when he was going to get the cheese. That's what I feel about. That's us. I am a mouse (laughs) looking for cheese at Savers. That is me because sometimes you go in and you get mad deals. You find Everlane jeans and they're marked $3.99. Right next, you want to cry because it's right next day. to Lucky Brand that's sixteen ninety nine. Like you just never know. It depends on who priced it that day. There is absolutely no rhyme or reason. If anybody who listens to our podcast works 
for savers, I want to have you on the podcast. Can you please come on and explain to us what it is that you do? Please. (laughs) So anyways, yes, I like that. uh, Because free people movement has that kind of funky little yoga. Yeah, it's like a leaf. Yes, exactly. It's like a vertical logo. Um, So it's easy to miss. So I like that. And then just, you know, the regular free people. Regular free people. Mm. That's what people are most familiar with. You know, that little metal tag that doesn't say poof. It says free people. Yeah. Poof is but the do impossible. your research too. I think it's important to put that with all of these brands, do your research because just because it says free people, just because it says Tory Burch, just because it says Vince, doesn't mean you need to pick it up. Oh yeah. Like I stopped you know. picking up free people body con dresses about a year oh, ago. Yeah. But like I didn't, I mean, at first I was like, it's free people, I'm grabbing it. And then, you know, I sold one at my half price sale and I did a little dance. It was new with tag. And I think it sold for like $16, but I was just so happy. Lori was thrilled. (laughs) I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I'm still a big free people fan. It's one of the like top two best-selling brands in my closet, but that's also because I buy a lot of it. So the odds are, you know, higher that I'm going to sell it because there's a lot available. This next one is a heavy hitter. And Lori did some research on it and um, I'm excited to learn about it. So this is, we're going to talk about Ralph Lauren, Loren, depending on how you want to say it. Um, And this is a guide by Sam Talk Style. Is this a website, Lori, that you found this from? Um, It looked to me to be like a, a, um, like a blogger. Hmm. Uh, It's a couple that I just want to give a little bit of history on this person because I just want to give them credit because I literally lifted this from their website. It live well, dress well, Sam talk style. Um, It's a person who developed a genuine passion for menswear. As I decided I wanted to learn more about the topics through reading, I found that the majority of the content was either an advertising spot masquerading as a thin veil, as an editorial, blah, 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 blah. Um, So as a uni student, I don't know what that means. University? Oh, is that all? Is it that simple? Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wanted to and create. She's a- saying uni. Then she's not American. Then maybe is she from Europe? Um. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a woman. It might be a man. It's just it's somebody who had a personal interest in menswear. So and there we go. Did like a deep dive, and this was one of the articles, and I thought it was really interesting. They gave a lot of editorial in it, like, don't pick this up. This is cheap. This isn't made well, which I'm going to leave out for the most part. But I was really interested in just the the actual different lines. So I'm going to go through it quickly because we could have a whole episode on Ralph Lauren. We really could. Maybe we should. As we did one on Halston, I feel like Ralph would be another great one. Great American. I almost feel like Ralph is more relevant than Halston because Ralph is alive and well and um, just like- Thriving. It's something that we see- all the time at the thrift store. And Hold I on, think J-Lo way- just wore Ralph at the Met Gala. I believe it. Yes. I mean, he's very and it was not like he's stunning. Yeah. I feel like J-Lo wearing Ralph is going to put Ralph back on the market this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I'm a big J-Lo fan. Me too. So now I, I'm going to buy everything Ralph that. just for myself. So I just can't believe she's 52 and is as stunning. You don't as talk about her and her looks. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyways, this I thought was really interesting right off the bat to um, circle back to chaps. You'll find tags that say chaps, Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And um, now it's no longer part of the company. It's actually just oh. chaps now. Like the Ralph Lauren is gone off the label. Okay. So um, I Is that still with JCPenney now, chaps? Yes. Is that Um, the place where all these brands go when they leave a line? Where brands go to die? Yeah. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Chaps was a diffusion line started by Ralph in his early career as a more price-friendly alternative to Polo, which is sold in the mid and lower tail department stores. The brand hasn't been directly affiliated with Ralph Lauren himself for years. Hence why this, his name was dropped by the label, which is now simply Chaps. Beware when looking to buy on eBay as many sellers on the platform, you know, well, everybody associates it with Ralph Lauren. Right. I would never associate. I didn't know it was gone. So yeah. So, and then he shows like two pictures, chaps, Ralph Lauren, and then just chaps. So in general, I have not experienced good resale with chaps. It's not a brand that I pick up. That's not to say that it doesn't sell for people. Um, but it's just not on my list. So this isn't necessarily in a hierarchy, my list, because their stuff has just come and gone. One line that I actually like to pick up is Denim and Supply. 
by mm-hmm. Ralph Lauren. This was a diffusion line that focused mostly on denim, obviously, and workwear staples at a decent price, as it, in his words. It was discontinued in 2016. So I knew it wasn't around anymore. I just didn't know when they stopped making it. So fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. Um, Lauren, Ralph Lauren, otherwise known as like the green tag. Yep. Macy's. That's another one. Definitely like lower end. Yeah. Um, I think of to... Macy's. Every time I see the green tag, it reminds me when I was younger, walking around Macy's with my grandmother. That's what I think of. Yeah. I mean, I do think that age group was, mm-hmm. but you know, I, some P- Lauren pieces, I still They're pick quality up. pieces. I'm going to, there are some that are really great. Like the vintage, like eighties, nineties. There's some really great pieces out there. Yeah. Um, Next you have Polo Country from yeah. the 90s. Uh, a I've relic heard of it. is what this guy says. Short-lived Polo Country store from the 90s. This huh. line is often spoken of as a spiritual pre- predecessor of the double R, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, yes. And then next up we have Polo Jeans. Polo yeah. Jeans Co. You've seen that on jeans. Mm-hmm. It was discontinued in 2006. I still see that a lot. So do I. Mm -hmm. Um, Polo by Ralph Lauren, the blue label. This is what I think people think of when they think of this brand. This is like the blue label, not to be confused with the plain old Ralph Lauren blue label label. where where there's like the horse in the middle. And that's the one this in this article, the man said, or the woman who wrote this article was saying that that's kind of like their outlet line. Like it, it is very much Ralph Lauren classic, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. literally polos, <laughs> but pieces that are true to the style of the brand. They're yeah. just made with less, lesser fabrics, qualities, right. details. Um, but polo Ralph Lauren is still pretty popular mm-hmm. and vintage polo right now is hot. I love yeah. grabbing it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Polo Sport was launched in 1993, 94. Um, the Ralph Lauren Black Label. Yeah. Uh, there was some commentary on that, which I found somewhat interesting as well. As a reseller, um, we're told to look for black and purple. Black and purple are at the top. Um, Polo University Club, I didn't even include on the list. What is that? Um, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, right? No, no, I'm not like not, it's not. A vintage entry-level offering made under the license in in the 1980s. This label consists mainly of tailoring and is said to be of decent quality for what it is, but don't go expecting super high quality or paying premium prices for it. I mean, I guess it's a a bit of a unicorn, but not necessarily super valuable. Gotcha. Um, And where is my black label? Okay. The black label is rare in Australia. And I know little about it. That's what the kid wrote. <laughs> right. So, so that would make sense why he said uni from, or she. They said yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Secondhand information seems to lead to the clothing shapes and aesthetics being similar to the purple label, purple having higher quality fabrics. Yeah. My understanding of black is that it's right below. Purple. It's right below it. I don't yeah. know about how rare it is in Australia, whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like when I'm searching, like if I, I send black label and purple label to the real, real. Me too. I don't sell it myself. It just doesn't really hold as a, as a reseller. It's very difficult. I find to sell myself. Mm-hmm. I, the real, real just has a better platform for that. Purple label is the cream of the crop. Um, couture influenced women's clothing and accessories are sold under this brand. In addition to high quality men's tailoring, usually made in Italy or other countries known for luxury goods um, in both ready to wear and made to measure offerings as well as evening wear and other high-end garments. I was just going to say, when I think of purple label, I think of formal evening wear. That's mm-hmm. like the first thing that comes to my mind. When I, think I don't know that I've ever found a piece that was purple label that wasn't black. Yeah. <laughs> it's always. Yep, you're right. I mean. Yep. It's usually some type of gown or something. Like I found pretty dresses and stuff like that. With the black label, it's usually 
like regular pieces, whether it be leather, whether it be a black slacks, a blouse. I feel like I, but it, the quality is really nice. So. There's Ralph Lauren rugby. It was, you yeah. know, a line aimed for university students. Um, then I already talked about the, the blue label. That's yep. pretty basic. Then RLX, this hmm. brand sells sportswear uh, and is the evolution of polo golf, not expensive. Like you see RLX. Okay. I don't, I don't know where that that's nothing that I, they I have polo golf. Yeah. Um, okay. This one is what I found interesting. And I think I found, found it found before this? you're the one who found it. Yeah. And I had no idea what it was until I researched. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the RRL also known as double RL. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I'm, I'm reading right from this guy's site. This line has some really interesting pieces with some unorthodox design choices. The quality of the garment range from average to very high quality, depending on the individual piece. Its aesthetic borrows heavily from Western themes, Americana, leather, and vintage. An interesting fact, this is what I thought was really cool. This brand is Ralph Lauren's baby. It usually makes a loss for Ralph Lauren Corporation, but because it embodies Ralph's personal aesthetic so closely and allows him to have a creative outlet for his personal style, the brand stays alive. Interesting. So it's, his, it's his project. It's just what he enjoys to create. Yeah. It's probably the only line that he actually gets to sit down and create for. Yeah. It says, yeah. This one says established 1993 on the labels. So what did you find and what did you do with it? And what was the end result? <laughs> so double RL I learned is a men's line. When I looked, it's not women's, it is Western inspired. So mm -hmm. I was at Savers and I never go to the men's section because I just don't, it's, mm -hmm. it's nothing against men's clothing. I just don't generally go in that direction. Yeah, not what you sell. Nope. And, um, for, but this day I was like, you know what, let's, let's look at men's sweaters. This was last year or the year before the year before the years blend, like we said in the last episode. Yeah. So this is 2019. Um, and I'm looking through and I'm like, oh, this feels like cashmere. I always go by touch when I'm looking at sweaters. Very rarely am I like looking at brands. I'm just like touching it, grabbing it and going. So I saw that it was hundred percent cashmere. It was in perfect condition. It was a black cardigan. Um, it, Ooh. I thought it was women's for a second because of the way it was shaped. And then I saw the double, I, the RRL, RRL, and I was like, I, I don't know what this is, but it's cashmere. So I'm just going to pick it up. I'm just going to yeah. see how it goes. So when I got home, I started researching it. I was, and I literally typed in RRL, not knowing what it was. And after researching for a little bit, I noticed that there were a ton of listings on eBay for this piece, um, very, or very similar to it for like 200, 300, 400. I mean, like crazy, crazy amounts of money. Um, so then once I realized what it was, I knew I had a very special piece. I've never found it again. That was like my one and only time that I found it. Um, put it on eBay, put it on Poshmark, got a ton of attention. I mean, it was like immediate on both platforms, got a lot of low offers. Um, and I think they were people probably reselling <laughs> that yeah. wanted them yeah. to be honest. Cause I'd go snoop, right. You know, how you snoop to see why you mm -hmm. send me a low offer. And they all had, they had a bunch of the double RL mm -hmm. in their closet. So, you know, whatever to each their own. I ended up selling it on Poshmark for $200. Wow. This guy, um, wanted to buy it for his brother who lived overseas, but this guy lived in the States. So obviously in Poshmark, you can't buy international right. like eBay. Um, and I told him that it was on eBay, but he can have an eBay account, blah, blah, blah. So we did it on Poshmark. And, um, I think I listed it 255 or 275 because it didn't have tags or anything on it it was just it was you know a, a pre-owned piece and he wanted it for 200 I said okay done deal I paid 299 wow that's so exciting yeah I yeah. mean arguably that is probably a better label than purple to find I mean if you want to sell it I on your own personally because it's not like their pieces are more unique and I love are. western inspired stuff anyways I they like that are. vibe I think it's like, you know, a lot of those Western prints that um, people really look for that stuff. There's, there's a market for it. People collect a lot of the Ralph Lauren pieces. They're collectors for every designer, but I think in particular Ralph Lauren, you'll find there are a lot of people that collect certain um, labels. And I think this is one of them that people really like. Um, I think it's definitely harder to find the wilds. Um, the quality is amazing. And I only know that because I've touched one in real life and I've, you know, and I've sold one, but um, yeah, I, I would be more excited to find 
double RL than I would to find purple or black label, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, right. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I just want to say there are probably people listening who have a really good knowledge of some of these brands. Um, mm-hmm. And there are multiple. Um, I also want to touch on one other thing is the Polo Bear branding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, like, that's like a, what do you call that? Um, yeah, what it's a collection of motifs yeah. featuring teddy bears in different outfits, such as tuxedo sports gear and Ivy League get, get-ups. Um, I found a sweatshirt in, um, where was I? Oh, in Brooklyn, when I went thrifting in Brooklyn. And I think I paid 15 or $20 for it. That's I have it listed for $135. Um, someone offered me 60 yesterday and I didn't accept it. And then, um, I also have a sweater that I found at Savers. It's just a red cable knit sweater with an ice skating teddy bear, much more subtle. The big ones are are more popular, but it was from Macy's. It was $195. Um, I think I have it listed at 125 right now. So I haven't sold either one of them, but the bear, if you can get the polo bear on anything, that's cool. There's some, I've seen some vintage sellers post like kids outfits with the bear on it. Like that's something very desirable that people look for. So if you like to shop for kids in the kids section, might be something to look out for. Well, yeah, I'm looking at some of the double RL pieces and they're they're, beautiful, but the price point is crazy. Yeah. Started in 1993. He created the, the lit, the label. Yeah, the price point is nuts. I mean, that's you know his Americana obsession, and I think that's something he, he is. He's obsessed with Americana. That's just that's the line. Doesn't that's, he dress the Olympics? The, the he does. Olympics. I mean, because it is yeah. like the American line. Yeah, red, white, and blue. That's his thing. Kind of like yeah. Tommy. Similar vibe. Similar vibe. Yeah. So um, feel free to do more research on Ralph Lauren. Um, I'm sure like that was obviously a college student's article, um, but I thought he did a good job looking mm-hmm. through different ones. Um, There's a lot. H-E-D-D-E-L-S. This seems like maybe a step up as far as, um, you know, it's not a college paper right. that also has some great information. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think Ralph is a really interesting brand. I agree. I agree. We're going to see if there's like a documentary or something on him. We should watch it. Yeah, that would be really fun. Okay, let's move because we have yeah. a couple, we have, whoa, we have some more brands. I think this about. is going to be a two-parter. Well, yeah, or we can, we can <laughs> go fast. The next one is pretty quick. It's Chloe versus See by Chloe. Yes, this is easy. So Chloe's the luxury line. Um, while See by Chloe is the more affordable slash attainable luxury line by the designer. I mean, the price point is still high, but it is lower than what you, so like, for example, a Chloe handbag could run you 1500 to $3,000 where I see by Chloe could be two to 500. So that's the price point that you're looking at. Um, see by Chloe can be found on websites like Revolve and Shopbop. Um, many of the see by Chloe pieces mimic the Chloe designs, but may change a few elements and use slightly different material to distinguish that it's the diffusion line and see by Chloe does not resell the same way as Chloe does. Of course. Right. Just like there's Moschino and love Moschino, same cheap same and cheek, vibe. right? Cheap and cheek is the other one. I don't, oh yeah. That's another cheap diffusion cheap. of Moschino. Yeah. So that's, so there's a lot of this. Mm-hmm going on. So let's talk about Zara, not oh, luxury, no, but interesting. And again, something we see over and over and over in the thrift store. And when do we pick it up? When do we leave it behind? Yeah. So I recently did a YouTube video where I talked about blogger favorites in Zara and all of that. So I'll leave that in the show notes if people want to watch it, they haven't watched it. Um, but this is a brief little overview of it. Um, so there are multiple Zara tiers. So there's Zara Woman, Zara Knit, Zara Basic, Zara, Zara TRF. Um, there's also Zara Kids, Zara Man, and Zara Home. So they cover all their bases when it comes to Zara. Um, so Zara Woman typically includes many blogger favorites. They are typically a higher retail and resale value. And almost always a pickup for me, especially if it's a blazer, coat, or sweater, Um, Also, you will notice that most Zara women, I shouldn't say most, a lot of Zara women pieces can't be blogger favorites. Typically, um, 
what you'll see when you, if you want to do some research on a piece, I talk about this in my video, how to look up a style number and everything. You'll notice that a lot of the women in, that are influencers out there in the world will be wearing a Zara woman coat or blazer, like some type of signature piece. So that's Zara woman. Zara knit is a little bit more basic. Um, they do create cashmere, cashmere blend sweaters and tops and all that, but um, that can retail higher, but resale Zara knit tends to be on the lower end. Um, Zara basic. This is something that like when I was doing my video, I sat back and I was like, oh, I guess I really do pick up a lot of Zara basic and it, it can be blogger favorites and it does do well for me. Um, at first, I think what I thought of Zara basic, I thought of basic pieces. Right. Just but given what, the name of it. Right. Sure. But when I sat back and really thought about it, coats, blazers, dusters, when it comes to Zara basic do really well, um, can also be a blogger favorite. Um, but yeah, coats, blazers, dusters, like those are the categories I think you should stick with when it comes to Zara basic. Zara is the white label with black font. This is Zara. And mm -hmm. I don't remember what it looked like before, but now it's white with black. It was a black label with white font before, but now it's a white label, black font. Um, Zara is, if the price is right, this is just my rule, then pick it up. So when I say the price is right, I'm talking like $7 and under. Like anything more than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend on Zara unless it's a really unique piece or it's like a beautiful winter coat or something like substantial like that, then maybe I'd pick it up excuse me for a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I, I tend to pick up Zara dresses, Zara coats. And yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at my solds as you're talking, because I, I didn't know any of this, but I, I would say that my, I mean, I pick up, I've sold a lot of Zara, but I didn't know like the hierarchy. So, um, like I have a white label, Zara. But it was a Mandarin collar uh, embroidered velvet jacket sold for $85. Yeah. Another like shacket uh, black um, plaid sold for $90. Um, and these may have been sold in bundles. So maybe they didn't go for this much. I have one that was really popular was the like a military breasted, uh, double breasted wool blend. You can also mm. look at the fabric content just to know. Absolutely. Like we've said before, you know, if this is, um, if it's something that has wool and is made, I'm just trying to look back, see, oh, this is Zara Woman, this military one. So Zara Woman is typically worn by Kate Middleton too. Oh, interesting. Zara and Zara Woman are typically the lines that she wears. And um, the TFC uh, or T... TRF. TRF is short for Trafalic. So you'll yep. see both on labels. <clears throat> yeah, and that is the lower tier. So mm -hmm. I don't pick it up. I have in the past and I haven't had luck with it. So I just stopped. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't worth it for me. Um, but other people might have luck. If you find the bins, it might be worth it for you. You know, it might only be a $20 flip, but if you're only investing a dollar into it, you know, this is obviously depends on where you're buying from and all of that. But yeah. for me, who I, I generally at, buy things at thrift stores or uh, buy, sell trade stores. Zara TRF is not what I'm picking up. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. I also feel like, um, and I've said this about Aritzia too. I don't know if it's because my daughter is just now in college and like, she's no longer into high school brands, but right now she talks a lot about Zara and Aritzia. Makes sense. And those are the brands. And like, I don't know if that's the way it's always been, or if that's just trending yeah. now. It's, I mean, not trending. They've been around for yeah. a long time, but you know what I mean? As a mom and someone who's not trendy, I don't really know if it's just the age or if mm -hmm. it's just, if high school girls are also interested in Aritzia and Zara right now. Do you I know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I don't high school girl, well, I mean, I don't know, but I, I don't, saying, yeah, like it's, I don't think so. I feel like Aritzia and Zara are like the transition brands for like that young adult, you know, it's like transitioning you to that next step, I guess, in terms of clothing. Yeah. I don't know. But like Zara at the Natick mall is always packed mm. and, and girls pay the full retail price for Zara. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess high school is more urban outfitters, but like Angie shops at urban too. That's a big college brand too. So I don't want to digress too much, yeah. but I think it's, it's, I think it's interesting and thank you. I think that's super helpful.
Okay. I, no, I was just looking back at my solds to see like what was actually selling and what can resell for a lot of money. Like, I don't, I, I think if you can do your research on it, which is why I created the video on it, I, my solds for Zara are between 50 to $150. Like you just have to know how to pick up the right piece. Yep. That's all. Yeah. All right. Valentino. We're going to go into various kind of, We can rush. We can kind yeah, of. These are quick. Things. Valentino. We have red Valentino, which is similar uh, to C by Chloe. It's a diffusion line. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically the resale on. Um, red is not that great. No. It's I, but they do take it at the real real. I said. They red do. Team. They do yeah. take it at the real real. Luxury obviously does better. The Valentino line runway pieces. They're oh, going to do better than that. Course. Halston. Uh, we talked about Halston before. H so. by Halston is the diffusion line, which was sold at stores like JCPenney. Their original pieces can be difficult to find, but they are out there and can be worth the pickup to resell. Uh, the micro suede pieces, um, Halston hats, the Jackie O hat. Um, I found original Halston, um, like a nightgown that sold. Yeah, I think. I bought it at an estate sale. I think Halston, probably, I think there's collectors out there of Halston, um, but I just, the brand is just tanked so much, you know, it's just, it's a really sad story. Well, yeah, but I mean, we don't really see the, those, the Halston no. dresses out there. I don't, no. you know, it's been a while. If I ever got my hands on like a slinky, you know, studio before Halston dress, I would lose it. That would be amazing. Can you imagine? <sighs> no. I mean, the cool thing I think about Halston is that he had specific styles that he were did. just insanely popular, like defined mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, they did. Okay. Right. Giorgio Armani. This is an interesting one too, because I yeah. feel like Armani doesn't do as well as you think it should. And there are quite a few diffusion lines and this is definitely something to sort through. Yeah. So I did like beginner research on it. I feel like there's so much more that I could learn when it comes to Giorgio Armani, but Giorgio Armani is the main luxury line. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that is the big one. Then you have Armani launching diffusion lines in 1979. I think I read this on that WWD. It's like the fashion website. Anyway, um, Giorgio Armani Le Colazioni. That is a diffusion you say line. say that like you're Italian. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> and say then, it again. Say it again. <laughs> and then we have Mani, which okay, no one knows about and I learned it because I found it at the bins New Hampshire and I was like what is this money and why does say Giorgio Armani on it at Evernorth Health Services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI it's possible because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Um, in the interior tag, they didn't last long. Well, Le, Le Colazione is in circulation, but Mani is very rare to find. Um, apparently, the real world takes it. I have only found it once and sold it myself, so I didn't know that they took it. Uh, then they... so. Here's the interesting about Armani. He launched diffusion lines really fast. Like, I feel like certain brands take their time to launch diffusion lines and like figure out where they fit in the world. Armani launched lines like immediately. Like he became a brand and then created all these different lines. So the next one was in 1981 and it was Emporio Armani, um, which I thought was higher than Giorgio Armani, but I guess I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then AJ or Armani Jeans, mm-hmm. which I just learned is something... Um, I didn't even know Armani jeans existed. Then we have the launch of AX or Armani Exchange, which launched in 1991. And I used to wear Armani Exchange all the time when I was in high school. That was like my favorite thing to wear. Like I'm wearing Armani. Like that was a big deal. Right. Well, that, that's exactly to my point, right? Because you were yeah. wearing Armani. That launched the year I graduated from high school. Okay. Well, um, I was in kindergarten in 1991. <laughs> I was in kindergarten and my sister was born in 91. Um, but I used to go to the Armani exchange store and, at Rentham. And that's, I just thought it was cool buying that stuff. 
Anyway, so Colazioni and Armani jeans were lines geared towards department stores or specialty boutiques, so wholesale. So that's why those two brands existed. And I think that's why we still see Colazioni out in the wild so much is mm-hmm. because it is found in department stores to this day. Um, and apparently Armani and jeans. That too. is a brand that I don't think is on the real, real list, but they do it's accept not, it. You can send it in. Yes. Well, and this is what's interesting. And I feel like... Um, in a sense, what the real real accepts or doesn't accept kind of sets a tone for me. Like it's 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 old news if they're not taking it, um, or it just means they took it for a long time and they're saturated and they need to sell through some of the stuff before they open it up again. So they'll open things right. up, close them, and yeah. Same. Yeah, it's a revolving door. So, but that's okay. our money. Tate Spade. That was good. Armani is like, I, I was really interested. I in get Spade. confused with Armani. I do too. I mean, yeah. there's a, and I think because his name's on everything too, you know, where, yeah, I agree. All right. Okay. Kate, Kate Spade. Spade. Okay. Kate Spade Saturday is a diffusion line, which I knew, but I didn't know that they stopped creating it. It's not a thing. They stopped like in the early two, uh, mid two really? thousands. Yeah. They don't make it anymore. Um, I passed on a Saturday dress yesterday. It's going to be my video tomorrow. And then I looked um, on comps and some are super low, like 20 something dollars. And then this particular dress, one sold for $99. I still wasn't going to pick it up, but um, that seems like an outlier. But Kate Spade clothing, especially. Mm, I mean, I I just struggle with the brand in general. I agree. I struggle with even the shoes now. Before, go back two, three years ago, I could sell Kate Spade shoes. Now I... mm. No, I actually sold a pair full price. Did you? Uh, yeah. Like this weekend. And I, you know, you know, when you get the full price things and you're like, how did that just happen? Yeah. These were really beautiful. Were they Kate Spade? Um, they were gold, really high heels. Um, and they Kate Spade, New York, Larissa dress pump pointed toe gold oh. sold for 80 bucks. That's awesome. Very Again, rare. Retail really high on Kate Spade resale. Meh, depends. Sometimes you just get lucky and you happen to have the size, the color, the style, the condition that somebody's looking for that's super specific. This is why I price things high sometimes because like- Because you never know. You just never know. And nine times out of 10, people will send you an offer. And whoever bought that, those shoes probably did retail for $280. So they still got a good deal, you know, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's a great, it's great to have those every once in a while. Yeah. Because Kate does not show up on my sold list very often. The same. She just does not. She ends up at the real, real, real quick. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you, like if I can find it for a good price, I'm just sending it into the real, real. Um, and then Kate Spade also has outlets. And then you'll, um, okay, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong. Kate Spade with the solid spade. Retail. Is retail. And mm-hmm. then the open spade is outlet. So if it's like okay. a little square with an open spade yeah. inside. That's, that's outlet. outlet, which I think is cool how she, how they do that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the I do like her handbags. I like Kate Spade's like vibe. I like her vibe. It's cool. Yes. I dig it. All right. Vera Wang. Okay. I like get such a heavy heart when I think of Vera Wang, because it used to be like the epitome of simplicity and minimalistic like Elegance, fashion style. Yeah. Oh, it was just like stunning her wedding gown. Like who wore, oh, who wore the Vera Wang? Was it JFK's wife, uh, JFK Jr.'s wife that wore the Vera Wang? Right. Slinky wedding gown, maybe. I don't know. But that's like what she was known for. Like just the, it was just a minimalistic, beautiful thing. And well, Vera Wang has many different labels and tiers to it. And it's now at Kohl's. Mm-hmm. But, and it's called Simply Vera by Vera Wang. Um it just makes me really sad when I talk about Vera Wang. Right. I'm trying to see. Gwen Stefani wore a Vera Wang. No, there you go. Wedding dress. For Blake Shelton, not Blake Shelton's. Ariana Grande. Huh. Is this all for real? No. To tell the, I, I just Googled <laughs> stars who wore Vera Wang wedding gowns. Oh. People Magazine did an article on it. Interesting. Well, um, I feel like that's what she was known for in the beginning was her wedding gowns. And then she kind of branched into- Because well, if you look at the dates of these people, Jessica Simpson, Mariah Carey- Yeah, Victoria so that makes Beckham, sense. That was like yeah, the that was high the of their way. Kelsey Clinton. There you go. Ivanka Trump. 
Yeah. yeah I mean, these are like, there's a whole list. It's, Anyways, interesting. Yes. Um, so Lori typed out the different tiers here of, I only, I only added one tier because you had Vera and then you had Vera from Kohl's, but I have found Vera weighing lavender. Yes. Um, following the success of the bridal and ready to wear lines, she launched this sister label. So like Mew Mew, like you were saying, so it wasn't because when I found it and I'm like, Oh, I've never seen this lavender. When I researched it, they're like, Oh no, that's high end Vera. So sister, but still, I don't think it did so great. Um, It didn't. Yeah. And the resale on it, as far as I know, is not wonderful either, unfortunately. Yeah, I have never found a, a true lavender label. I've never found a true Vera Wang piece, like Vera Wang. I have never right. found that ever. Right. And I don't know if I ever will. It's I think it's such a rare thing. And it, they were mostly formal wear, so I don't think it's something that's easy to find. Um, but so what did you type here? Wang I just said that she presented her first lavender runway show in January of 2008. And okay. they opened the label's first store in LA in, two, in 2008. In the fall. Is it still a label though or no? It didn't say in this. I just looked mm-hmm. this up on Wiki, this this stuff. But um, not sure. I would assume it's still a thing. Yeah. I don't know. She's in, I don't know if she's still in David's Bridal, but she was in David's Bridal for a while with her bridal gowns but yeah Vera Wang it's sad like when you start researching all these different designers who just at one point were you know at the top of the mountain and then things happen you know it's also the sign I mean that's that's the nature of fashion I mean I I look back at some of my hauls from a year a year and a half ago and they're irrelevant you know because they just things change so and we're and we're resellers so we're we're already getting old stuff mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's just it's just the nature of the beast it's it's like anything else like styles and homes and yeah. cars and look at handbags I know think oh. of what people are paying right now for minis I know it's crazy I know I've been stuck on this for like a year but I mean I like them but I'm just saying like I like them but not for me I mean, they're great for evening bags, but it's just a trend, right? It's like anything else. But when you look on the real reel and you'll see an abundance of a certain style mm-hmm. that, um, you know, people just couldn't get enough of 10 years ago and now nobody wants it. And in 10 years, they'll be buying it again, you know, yes, because they will. It's, it's, that's how fashion works. That's how it works. All right. Next one's a pretty easy. We have Stella McCartney, which is a luxury line, but she also has a diffusion line with Adidas. So Stella McCartney for Adidas, which I enjoy. I enjoy picking up Stella McCartney for Adidas. Doesn't always resell, but I just like to pick it up to say I found Stella McCartney. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> I just sent a pair of her heels to the real real. Oh, did I they price them. those yet or no? Um, they haven't priced them yet, but you know, I found them and they just, there was no action on them in my own closet. So yeah. It's again, one of those brands where to resell on your own. mm, Yeah. This is a good one. Derek Lamb. Yep. And then Derek Lamb for 10 Crosby. Yeah. Lower priced, more relaxed, kind of more casual. Mm -hmm. Definitely more, uh, definitely easier to find the Derek Lamb for 10 Crosby. They have it at TJ Maxx, the runway stores and stuff. Um, I have found some Derek Lamb pieces like the 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 top of the tier. Yeah. And I've sent those into the real rail because I, just can't seem to sell it on my own. So, and the last bit of information here before we go that we want to let you guys know is you'll notice that some of these brands partner with various stores like Target, Payless, Reebok. You'll see them partner with different brands out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And not all of these are worth the pickup in terms of resale, but they're definitely worth you looking them up. Some pieces can resell higher than the retail price. And an example of this is Love Shack Fancy um, and the Target collaboration. Those pieces are reselling higher than what people paid for retail. And I I know that personally because I sold one that I bought for myself, I never ended up wearing and I ended up doubling my money. So, um, that's great. Yeah. And it, we'll not say the same for the Lily Pulitzer collection. And I think it depends on the brand. Of course, because Lily is not as hot as it was, but when that collection came oh, out, that was crazy. I, was in, I was like, I bought like a matching, I bought two sets of matching outfits for Angelina and I, she was like 10 and, and 
I literally just listed one of the outfits today. I had stuff in the basement and Caitlin was going through. She's like, let me list this Lily. And it has a $26 price tag. It's a little girl's maxi dress that Angie mm-hmm. never wore. But yeah, they don't. And again, it's just a sign of the times because Lily was, those pieces were hot back in the day. Didn't Vera Bradley do a collaboration with Target too? I don't think so. Maybe not. I don't I know. Think you're thinking of, maybe. Maybe I'm thinking of Lily. Yeah, what was the, um, I don't want to pronounce it because I pronounced it wrong and someone correct me in my videos. Uh, what was the dress? It's not pronounced Bal- Balmain. It's pronounced. Oh, some, it's not Balmain? Apparently not. But anyways, that was a collaboration with H&M. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I found that dress and um, that sold like in a day for $145. Yeah. So I think it's worth, if you find a collaboration piece, I think it's worth looking up. I just sold a a Target collaboration piece. I don't remember the collab that it was, but um, I think I paid $14 for it. And I, because I looked at the solds and they were all between 60 to $70. I sold it for 60 last week. So, I mean, some of them are worth it. Some, not so much. Just like Christian Seriano for Payless, I wouldn't pick up. No. But if I found an actual like Christian Seriano off the runway, then mm, different yeah. story. Or Isaac Mizrahi. Yeah, that's another one. That's another one. Isaac Mizrahi live is Home Shopping Club. Probably. Yeah. Home Shopping Network or something Network. like that. But there, he has like a bunch of diffusion lines. Listen, this episode could be five hours long. There's so many diffusion lines out there. Exactly. So hopefully um, this was helpful. <laughs> I hope so. It was fun. It was fun um, exploring some of these brands, learning a little bit. Again, disclaimer, I'm not a professional fashion person. This is for um, entertainment purposes I, I did pull only. from articles and Google is your friend when it comes to this stuff. So I encourage anybody to deep dive into it. You can, you can only benefit from knowing, um, you know, the hierarchy and the diffusion lines and all that stuff to figure out where um, to price some of the stuff you're picking up, you know, it yeah. could you could be leaving money on the table if you're looking over some of these brands, looking past the value in like an upper tier. And yeah, and you could be paying too much for a lower level piece thinking yep. that it's something it might not be. So yeah, definitely worth looking into. But thank you guys so much for listening to us week after week. We really appreciate. Yeah. You guys are great. Thank you. You all. Yeah, thank you so much and have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villa's Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.